Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Heart and Hustle Podcast. We love being able to connect with all of you, um, just hear about your stories. You can ask listener questions there. Uh, you can share your projects. We'll retweet if you have awesome things going on. And then you can also use the hashtag BossSoHard anywhere on the internet to uh, find us and show us what you're up to. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a rating or review. I feel like I did an Instagram story two weeks ago on how to do that. I'll probably do that every week on how to do it to help people understand. So that's Heart Plus Sign Hustle Podcast. You search it and it will come up and then we will read your review if you leave one. So please do. So it's technically June 6th, but by the magic of podcast, you won't be listening to this until June 14th or later. Um, so if it is middle of June, my hope is that the tiny tea shop has been open for a week and I am now a millionaire. <laughs> you are now on Oprah's <laughs> favorite thing. into existence because that is what I have been told to do is speak things You are on uh, Oprah's favorite things. You're already right? getting booked for Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> I, like, yeah, say I'm just, I'm there speaking with Oprah. That's, I, it's that's, totally fine. That's what I, I'm predicting Putting for it my out future. in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I will be um, just getting back from New York. My like ticket details are actually over Which there. this is real. This isn't, yeah. Like, hey, she's actually going she, yeah, I will be literally, I think, touching down probably at like two um, in the future. So, you know, God willing <laughs> that yes. things go well and the plane actually yeah. operates. Right. And I'll meet you there in my, I don't think I'll get a fancy car, to be honest. I was going to say like some fancy car, but I'm just not a huge car person. So I would just meet you in a fancy Uber <laughs> and be like, come on, let's go do what millionaires do. Let's go. get a, <laughs> Like you could just get a Tesla. Like just get a Tesla. That's... I Yeah, I probably honestly just like. I feel like you need a you need a Tesla because it drives for you. So I feel like that's probably Uh, the perfect rich person car for someone that does not like to drive. I I like to drive, just I don't like to drive in Orlando or on like (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to drive drive on toll roads or in rain or anything like that. Honestly, I'd probably get a Prius. Come on, that's it's pretty yeah, that that's a pretty good That's accurate. The new Prius actually looks really nice, so yeah, if I honestly, if I was a millionaire, I think that I would just travel for a year and then I'd pay off the Come mortgage. back and get a Prius. Well, I'd pay off the mortgages of everyone I know, put away funds for everyone's um, kids to go to college, and then I'd start a brick and mortar business. The tiny tea shop. Yeah, honestly, I would. <laughs> I, like, I, literally. Like, I, I kind of, in the back of my mind, that's something that I thought about because it wouldn't need a huge space. And obviously, if Artagon still existed, it would actually be a good space for there. Gone but Artagon too soon. doesn't exist R- anymore. Rest in peace. Um, but I might, you know, who knows, a year from now, I might be looking for a space like that, uh, because that'd be amazing. Not a year from now, like next, like right now, because you're a billionaire, you keep going <laughs> yes, off of, right, like, in the, like now, right, right June now, 14th you and will beyond, be looking for it. yes, I will oh, be a millionaire, so speaking into existence, I'm putting my hand up, because I've seen people do this too, so I think that this does something as well. 
I would so, cackle, but it's so inappropriate to laugh that hard into the microphone for recording a <laughs> podcast, but you have got to see what she was yes. doing. It was like being in a Put, Pentecostal yep. church or like a Southern Baptist church. Yes. yes. Oh okay. my goodness. Well, uh, we, this is why we need to record with video sometimes so oh, people can God see bless. how I speak with my hands. Oh, did I tell you that the other day I was hanging out with Alyssa at Starbucks and this older gentleman came up to us and he was like, sorry to bother you. He's like, but... I'm mostly blind, but I can see, you know, a little bit. And he's like, I was curious as to if you are speaking in sign language. And I was like, no, I'm just Italian. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Y'all. You guys, you people uh, of the podcast. Yeah, so that's how much I move my hands when I speak. Oh, my goodness. Well, (laughs) (laughs) we uh, have a really cool guest who's actually local here in Orlando, but we weren't in the same place. She is doing a lot of stuff. She's talking to us about following your fears and all of that good stuff. So please listen and let us know what you think. And then stay tuned to the end because we have a few listener questions that I think you guys are going to want to Yeah, I feel like we never tell people that we have questions, but we're like, uh, yeah. We have some good ones this week, so you'll definitely want to stay tuned and listen. Hey guys, welcome back. We're super excited because we have Laurel Mall here with us. Of she wrote a book called Facing Your Fears, and she's gonna talk to all of us all talk to us all about her like journey and all the stuff that she's doing because she's doing a lot. Um, she's yes. which is super inspirational. Um, so Laurel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So um, our listeners who have no idea who you are, uh, please tell us a little bit about your background, about your book, about your shop, about everything you're doing, and uh, like educate them. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm a lot of things. I'm a jack of all trades kind of kind of woman. Um, I'm a writer. I manage two bar fitness studios in Orlando. Um, I'm a dance teacher and a dancer. And I also co-own a inspirational t-shirt company. That's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I like, know. I do three things and I'm like very overwhelmed. Right. So I'm impressed. Yes. Color me impressed. Thanks. So you have a background in dance, and I'm curious to know what led you to fitness, and then what led you eventually to writing? Because I I do see, you know, where maybe you could go from dance to fitness, and then writing is just like a completely different um, arena. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, um, I loved both dancing and fitness and writing as a kid. I used to like love doing aerobic videos with my mom in the living room. Yes. And I was yes. always dancing growing up. And um, I was definitely way more introvert as a kid. I was very shy, didn't want to talk to anyone. So I'd write in my journal and just kind of stay internal a lot. Um, so kind of fast forward into adult life. I have an English technical writing degree and I did that um, in college because I didn't know what else to major in. It was like the practical choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a technical writer for about 10 years. Um, meanwhile, just kind of dancing and you know working out a little bit here and there. And then um, I, I found a type of workout that I really love, which is the bar classes. And then I got really into it, started teaching it. And then once I started doing that a lot, it kind of pulled me away from the typical desk job writing user manuals, sitting at a computer all day. Um, and so now I'm, I'm more full-time fitness person and writing is my, my passion and my fun time. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And was like besides your book, do you do any other like creative writing besides like book writing? Um, not currently. I did run a food blog for about seven years when I was doing the technical writing. Um, so I have a little bit of experience in that, just being a blogger, and I love to cook. Um, but right now, I pretty much just focus on um, my inspirational writing. So I wrote the book on following your fears, and I write blogs for the t-shirt company. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the writing part of my life has just begun, really, even though I have, you know, more professional experience in it. I'm excited for what's to come next. That's super awesome. So speaking of all of this writing experience, what was it like for you? And Because I know people have written books, but none of them were ever technical writers. So I would love yeah. to know what the process is like writing a book from a technical aspect or how you found some of your technical background. Maybe you used it, maybe you didn't. So what was it like when you wrote your first book and how long did it take you? And what was the learning experience that you, um, what learning did you experience while writing this book? Yeah, so the very first one I wrote I actually have written two. So the first one I wrote was a cookbook um, with plant-based healthy recipes. And that actually made a lot of sense coming from being a technical writer because writing recipes are very technical and clear, right? It's mm-hmm. like one cup of this, right. one tablespoon of that. Um, and so it was actually really easy for my brain to kind of knock that out. And it really only took me a few months because I had a lot of recipes that I already had built. And then it was just writing like the introduction and the closing to the book. So that was easy for me. And then as soon as I finished that, I was like, now I'm bored with writing about food. And I, <laughs> I want to write about something that's really tugging at my heart. So um, I went on the journey to start writing Follow Your Fear. And Follow Your Fear is a memoir. And it's 30 short stories that are personal personal shares from my life and things that I did that I was scared to do. And it was way harder and it took me way longer. Um, I, I had like spurts, spurts of it where I would get a lot done in like a month, but the whole process took like two years, two and a half years to finish. That's a long time to be dedicated to one thing. <laughs> that's impressive though. And yeah, I love that you wrote a cookbook. I do think that that's such a great like Um, transition between the two like from coming from you know a fitness background and knowing so much about food and being a technical writer and then taking that kind of as a segue into writing another book I think that that's really smart yeah and I needed I needed the confidence like I didn't believe that I could do a book that was just me writing and sharing my stories um so it really helped me feel like okay I can do this it's not that hard to actually publish So I kind of needed that little like segue, I think. So you're a writer and a dancer, a fitness instructor, a small business owner. You wear a lot of hats, like that's a lot going on, but obviously like you stay really healthy and balanced. So what is your secret to kind of, you know, being able to balance it all and not experiencing burnout while uh, wearing many hats? Um, one thing is I love naps. Yes, <laughs> so, me too. What is that? I, I am a nap queen. I, I'm actually really lucky that I have the schedule I do because I, I kind of bounce around a lot and I don't have to stay in an office all day. So I'm able to kind of pop home and take some time and rest. And I take a nap almost every day. So um, there's that. And then, you know, it is really challenging. I am often working till late hours of the night. I have dance rehearsals till 11 p.m. some nights. Sometimes 
Um, I'm teaching until really late, or I work on the weekends a lot. But um, I think what's what's helping me really just stay happy and focused is that I genuinely love everything that I'm doing now. Nice. And it wasn't it wasn't always that way. So I do get tired a lot. Um, I do get overwhelmed sometimes. I do struggle. Probably my biggest struggle is allowing myself enough time to rest. But at the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm really loving everything that I'm doing. So it kind of makes it worth it. Yeah, I think that's so important. If you're just doing a whole bunch of things you love, in a sense, it can sometimes not even feel like work. Right. Yeah, and it often doesn't, which can be a challenge because then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep working. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's midnight and I haven't had dinner yet. (laughs) Same. Same. Every day of my life. What is that? Uh, Same. Yeah. I texted my friend yesterday. I feel like it was like 2.30. I was like, it's time to eat lunch. And she was like, girl, it's 2.30. Like, that's that's pre-dinner. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, I that's the life that I live because you get so yeah. caught up. Yeah. And you're... you make your own schedule, so that's fine. True. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what does a typical work day in your life look like? Because I know you just said it's it's crazy. Um, so talk to yeah. us about what it looks like. Um. All right. So I usually get up. Um, I drink a lot of coffee. And, that is helpful. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. I usually go to uh, one of the bar studios I manage in the morning. I'll take class. Um, so I'm really lucky I get to work out for free. So yes. I, I take class and then I usually do emails there or talk to clients, clean, organize, order retail, whatever kind of stuff we have going on at the studio. Um, I tend to be more... Um, kind of down and relaxed in the afternoon. Like I said, I take naps a lot. I usually eat lunch at home. And then in the evenings, I'm often teaching either dance or at the bar studio. Um, And then when I do writing, I tend to only want to write at night. So if I write on my blog or um, when I was writing my book, I did all the writing when it was dark out late at night. Um, For whatever reason with me, it's when I can think the most clear and be the Mm -hmm. most honest with myself. So... Um, usually I'm on the couch with my laptop at home at night or sleeping. <laughs> I tend to write at night and I, I write really well when it's raining, which is kind of a benefit yeah. of living in Orlando because it rains a lot during summer. So I feel like I get a lot more writing done and I'm more productive um, during the summer when, especially when you just have those like all day downpours. I'm like, yes, I'm going to get so much writing done today. This is going to be a really, really productive day. But yeah, I'm the same way. Something about like dark skies and that sort of thing. Uh, And I think it could just be like when it's bright and beautiful out, I just want to like get outside. Uh, Except I don't because of this hot weather. But like in in my mind, I'm like, oh, it looks so great out. And it just can be kind of like distracting. And so writing kind of becomes hard, a hard process to, to carry out during the day. Yeah, I just can't get motivated to to do it. I mean, I'm happy to like work out and be active during the day, but there's something about the nighttime for me. It's just like it's like honesty hour. Yeah. Like now I can actually write and say what I think and think clearly. So. So we love your shop, Golden Rhino. All the designs are adorable. Like everything looks super comfy and amazing. So where do you find the inspiration for your designs? Um, I started the company with my two best friends, or husband and wife, um, and we were all like t-shirt lovers. We all love like wearing comfy clothes. We hang out in like sweatpants and tank tops together. Um, yes. And we, 
we were noticing that there's lots of cool like graphic tees and companies out there with like funny little messages, but we weren't really seeing a lot that were like meaningful and inspiration. So we were like, you know, there's really a missing market for something that's not only fun and catchy, but like actually makes someone think and inspires them to, you know, take charge of their happiness, which is our tagline, or inspires them to follow your fear. And the company actually began when I was writing my book. So one of our most popular shirts says follow your fear on it. And it's meant to inspire you to do the things you're scared to do. I love that. Like following your fear, that's just like a really strong positive yeah. message. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's amazing. I've been trying to do that this year. <laughs> They're getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's happening. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, so what are some projects that you have coming up and where can our listeners find you so they can stalk you and support you and buy all your things? Awesome. Um, let's see. I'm currently brainstorming what to write next. I, um, I kind of took a break for a while, probably about six months um, after I was finished publishing the book. And I'm, I'm having that little itch again to want to start writing something. So um, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but it'll definitely be something more personal again, probably like a uh, inspiration, maybe how to something kind of self-help genre. Okay. Um, but not totally sure yet, so I'm kind of in the brainstorming process of that. And then um, as far as where to find me, I have a website, it's laurelmall.com. And my book, Follow Your Fear, is in all the major um, ebook stores. So I don't have print copies yet, but that's coming later this year. Yay! But um, it's only five bucks, and it's in Amazon, it's in iBookstore, Barnes and Noble Nook, any of the major online uh, sellers. So check it out. Hopefully, it'll inspire you to do some more of the scary things, because um, I I think that's kind of the key to passion and happiness. I agree. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us today. We really appreciate it. We're super excited for everybody to go and get your book. And it's $5. Yeah, exactly. So do not tell me that you can't buy it. Go out there and buy it right now. Um, So thank you so much, Laurel. Thank you for having me. So we have a quite a few user questions today. We're really excited uh, to get to all these. They kind of cover everything from business and personal and random. So we picked uh, seven that we thought were really fun. So the first one is, how do you keep up with friendships while balancing work and life? Um, and I think that for me, this varies on where what season I am in. Uh, there's times of the year that are quite busy And during those times, I feel like my friends are very understanding that they'll see me a little bit less, things will be a little bit hectic, I might not be the best with plans. But then during the times where it's not as busy and hectic, then, you know, it's just a lot easier. I I just, I really value my friendships um, because I think that our friends are either A, people we've known since we were very young, or B, people that are also kind of in the realm of like my creative and entrepreneur life. So you know, our friend and our, our friends are kind of like chosen family. Uh, I feel like we don't really have a lot of friends that are just like, that's just a casual friend. Like most of our friends are literally like, you're my family. I will die for you. Right. Like it's, it's, there's not like, it's, it's more chosen family than friendship. So because of that, I just feel like everyone, um, 
is just really important to us. So even during those times where we're super busy, it's like even just keeping up with somebody um, with a quick text or something like that, just letting them know like what's going on in your life and why you're not communicating. Because I think that's the big thing is nowadays, like people think that whatever is going on in someone's social media is like reality. So they're like, oh, I see you posting on social media, but we haven't hung out. So I guess you hate me now because people like to jump to conclusions. Um, so I think it's just important to like check in with people and let them know like, hey, like this is why my life is so busy right now. And I can't wait to see you when it's not crazy. Hectic. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, I definitely uh, I second that kind of different for us. Our friendships are basically all chosen family. Um, most of our close friends are people we've met as adults. Um, I don't really have a lot of childhood friends, which is kind of nice in a sense because i don't feel in like i feel like a lot of people i know have friends that they feel indebted to it's not yeah. that way with you at all but yeah, I, no. I know people who feel like they have to be friends with people because we've been friends since we were like two um i don't have that yeah. so i'm all right on that and so it's kind of nice because all the friends that i have um, most of them are entrepreneurs or they have careers that are really busy like they are you know c-level executives or things like that so they really have busy lives or they travel a lot so a lot of the times we're kind of just all over the place yeah i feel we... like everyone gets busy at the same time yeah in my circles um, like right now right. we're all going through that right now we're all extremely busy I so have no time for no one <laughs> a lot of us are not seeing each other as much like i get to see you every week which is awesome because we have this but some other people like it's like i'm not seeing it as much melissa and i every time we've seen each other for the last like five times we've actually worked and yeah. i mean like we're literally like sitting there we're like we're very productive when we work together so it's great um, but, like, we just sat there and done work days together. So that's a great way that I get to, like, hang out with her and see her. Right. And then, honestly, like, the only people that I just, like, cut out time where I'm, like, I'll drop everything is, honestly, and it's it's John's best friend since he was five or six, Randy. And um, he is, like, the father to my goddaughter and who I consider my niece and nephew because John and Randy are, like, we're brothers. So, like, they're, like, family. We're, like, family. But... Yeah, besides that, everybody else, I'm like, listen, yeah. let's work together. Or... Right. I was going to say, actionable <laughs> tips are things to find things that actually are kind of productive that you can bring your friends along. So yes. it's kind of like you're getting work done, but you're not, yeah. or even life things on. Like, um, my best friend and I, we talk all the time, obviously, and we have kids that are the same age. But a lot of the times that we've been hanging out lately, because we're both so busy, is working out. So we find, like, yes. a workout class that we can do together. So we can kind of just, it's productive that I'm getting my workout in and also being able to see her and catch up and whatever and like we just traveled together a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago um so those types of things that's Let's say, where and I, even if your friends aren't like entrepreneurs um, right or they don't work out like one of my friends is getting his master's so it's like we'll get together and it's like you work on exactly your homework and, and I'll now, work yeah on. everybody so, has something that yeah, they can work you have to on something that you right. need to get done exactly. i mean technically i even know people like i know some moms that get together and they do like that like cooking where you just cook yeah exactly you do yeah yeah you and, cook and you so have a they, cooking group they meet up at, like it's like three of them it's a group of mom friends i know and it's three of them and they'll go to one person's house and like once cook, a week like meal and they prep all of the meals yeah. for the week and that's the only time they probably like really see each other but it's like they're they're getting to see yep. each other and they're doing something productive at the same time so exactly yeah so just uh, my tips would be find something that you can do that that's beneficial for both of you that actually helps progress in your schedule i'm actually type like me and my best friend will go grocery shopping together if that's something that we don't have time like to it's do real life because like, they're yeah. family it's like chosen family exactly so like you know, we need to go out to the other side of town yeah. you know it's just like we all get in the car together take a trip um you know i, it, and I just find things you know it's important to remember i think a big part of it is just like remember that these friendships or your chosen family or whoever 
you whatever you choose to call them um remember that it's a priority because i mean if you're making yeah i think a, a lot of people don't out, like, they like oh i just don't have time i just don't have time and i'm like, like I, you have to make it yeah. i feel like i'm pretty busy <laughs> and yeah. i make time like if somebody like calls me and they say this which has happened recently you know i have an emergency this thing is happening i will drop everything yeah. that i have going on i don't care if it's paid clients you know to be there for my people so yeah you just have to really treat it like it's a priority because it's it's not only just about like you should do it because you should have people in your life that you love and you should want to but also like for health purposes like you need to have people around you that like you love like right. we all need like people even if it's just like two but, yeah, you, know. totally, you don't have to have 9,000 friends, but I think a lot of people still are confused about, like, you just need to have, you know, at least one person who is your person that you can go to. Yes. That's outside of your marriage. I'm going to be that person. Please find yes. a friend that's not your <laughs> wife or your husband yeah, or significant other that you can count on because you really do need to develop those friendships to be, an, especially being an entrepreneur, you really need people. Yes, absolutely. So our second question is, what are you reading right now? What is on your list or what are you... So I started off the year um, reading a lot of stuff that was very, very heavy um, because I was like, you know, (laughs) the year that we had last year, I was like, listen, I need to be, I need to make sure that I'm like, I've always read stuff that educates, but I've always like, I've just been like, I really need to make sure that I'm educating myself. I have all the knowledge that I need. And so I've just kind of been reading um, that sort of stuff this year so far. And it's been really heavy. And I mean, I've liked it. There's a lot of books that have left me like in tears or just opened my eyes to different things or just a lot that like you read and you're like, oh my goodness, like somebody gets it. Like right. somebody understands what it's like to be me, to like this experience that I'm going through in this skin and this hair and this body, like someone understands like what I'm going through. So it's been great, but um, I was like, I need something a little lighter to like kind of Break kick it off the summer. Break it um, so I finally, I bought this book when it first came out, but I was in my like thing of like, I was like, first of all, I wasn't reading anybody that wasn't a person of color at that time. Um, second of all, everything I was reading was quite, pretty heavy. So right now I'm actually reading Lauren Graham's book, Talking As Fast As I Can. And um, obviously we've mentioned on here before that I uh, was a Gilmore Girls fan like growing up. And then I, of course, like went and followed her to Parenthood, which that show like left me in tears every single week. Such an emotional show. But um, <laughs> she also wrote a book um, before that was like a novel. Right. And it was really good, which was surprising. Like I wasn't sure, you know, going into it because not to say that you can't, obviously, like we definitely believe in being a, you know, multidisciplinary creative, but I was just like not sure because I think a lot of people in the entertainment industry that are just famous already will just go in and be like, I'm going to do this thing now because I can. Um, so I wasn't sure how her first The Jenner girls have go. fiction books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. like Just to give you an example exactly. of what we're talking exactly. about. So um. I wasn't sure. I was like, you know, optimistic, but I was like, I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but it was really good. I absolutely loved the way she ended it. Um, it was uh, a way that a lot of authors, I think, are kind of like afraid to end yeah. books. So I, I really appreciated that she, uh, you know, had that, bravery to do that when writing uh, that story. But this book is actually a memoir. And I love that she wrote a novel first right. and then wrote a memoir because I feel like everyone is like writing a memoir right now. Like that's, you know, the, the thing to do. And I've read a lot of them and enjoyed them. But I really love that I got to see her skills um, as a novelist first. And now she's going back and doing this memoir. And it's these short stories about her life and stuff and a lot of insight into um, what it was like when she was filming, you know, Gilmore Girls, how she got that part and just like, where she wants to go on from life and yada yada. And I've always been a fan of her, just like her delivery of that character, I think is what made the whole show, if I'm being honest. Like without her, that show wouldn't have been what it is. Um, True. But 
I feel like now that I've read the book, I like her even more. I'm just like, wow, I don't understand how you've stayed like just so grounded and awesome and As you an know. actual human being. Yeah, yeah. She's just like she really does seem very, together. Yeah. Like, and she doesn't take herself too seriously, which I love. Like she just seems like she is enjoying life and all that. I also love that she plays a mom all the time and is not a mom. Which is I always find that to be like a really interesting uh, situation. So yeah, she's like not not gonna have kids. None of that's for me. So I just she I think has that, kids in fiction life. So I exactly. feel like that's enough she's to like, like not. That's enough. Yeah, that's, that's right. enough. Hey. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's actually a really good book, and it's it's a very quick read. I just started it. I'll probably finish it tomorrow. It's like a three day. If you, it's like if you are not focused on it, it's still like a three day read. Yeah. Um. So it's just kind of something light to break everything up before I go back into. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like in heavy mode right now. It's not super, it's not as heavy as some of the stuff that I started reading. Because I feel like we, like everybody I know started here reading really yeah, tragic like and you, sad you felt things. Yeah, like what can you, you know, you can't and go well, into this, it reading, yeah, you know. Light-hearted stuff. Yeah, and the, it wasn't, it's not a light-hearted situation, Yeah, so. and I definitely started the year off reading a lot of nonfiction, like a lot. And so this is kind of a mixture of fiction and nonfiction because it has a lot of, you know, um, historical references and a lot of research that was done. And so it's The Warmth of Other Suns. Um, by Isabel Wilkerson and I feel like mm. if you are a human being that lives in America you just need to read it um my, my best friend actually was like girl read this and which you know we, we recommend books very like very now and again for the, her to be like you need to read this right now I was like okay getting this from the library because I could I didn't have time to find it and so I've had it now for I think two and a half weeks because I've been reading on and off because it's long it's a lengthy book but it is so detailed and it just you know Florida is garbage y'all <laughs> like that's literally what i've learned if anybody here tells you you come to florida and they say oh florida is not the south tell them they're liars tell them to go read this book punch them in the face because this book talks about all of the like garbage situations that florida did during the jim crow area era which was really surprising to me like so much like how florida was really like rallied behind like being super racist and super wow. terrible and um you know, places that still exist in where we are, you know, like Ocala and like Lee yeah. County, that whole area. Oh, yeah. And so for them, you know, this was just only, you know, like 40, 50, 60 years ago. And them to be super like, we're going to lynch people and drag them by trucks and da 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 da. And it's just hearing the names of the places where that still exist is so crazy. That you're like, I, you know, people that have either been like, oh, I'm from there or whatever. I'm like, how are you from here? It's terrible. Yeah. I, don't, I yeah. say this to somebody who's from Georgia and knows that Georgia is terrible. Like, I know it and we know the history and it's completely. Like, but I know a lot of people who are from here who are like who hometown Floridians who, well, who and will fight you. And I feel like you. these are people that just like literally don't ever leave town except for on a plane. Yeah, I'm like for me when I go to um, Tampa, there's like the biggest the Confederate, flag Confederate flag I've ever seen in my entire one. life. In general, it's actually just the largest. Yeah, I think it's the world's largest Confederate flag. It's if I'm so not mistaken, ridiculous. and so every time that I go to Tampa, which like you know we would we I had cousins there as a kid, so it's like we would go all the time, and now it's like I'll occasionally go for different things, and it's like you have to pass this flag, and you're just like cool story like thanks for that yeah. i really need to see that during my day yeah so it's like anywhere that you drive unless i feel like you drive just and stay on highway from here to miami but that's the only drive that like isn't just littered with 
nonsense right. in any any single direction and especially obviously if you're driving through the south and you drive through like north florida it's like yeah why am i here i just think anybody who says florida isn't the south is a liar and now i'm gonna punch that person in the face the next time i hear that because i will fight them about it i'm just like look the stories are terrible and, and don't lie to me so yeah i'm here for I it i definitely recommend this book if you have time it's really lengthy it is deep like it's it's heavy because i mean they're Say, very descriptive i think i'm gonna pick that one up next then it is, yeah it's, it's awesome it'll be in the library when i'm yeah. done with it <laughs> Actually, I was going to mention, like, I am actually not, hopefully the library police doesn't come get me, but I'm not a member of the library in this county. Yeah, I was. Because I really like, like, the library in Dr. Phillips, and that's, like, the library that is my favorite. So I still go to that library, even though it's technically in another county, and I haven't, like, switched over any of my stuff. But I probably should just give up and do that. Yeah, I mean, I would still keep the library actually over there do you think so i haven't yeah. been to this one and so it's okay um i just a lot of times what i do is it's the bigger libraries in downtown Kissimmee. i just order so they ship it right yeah, here so see, i can't do that exactly now because like I'm i would just apply county, really quickly so. and see if you can keep both because you know both, orange yeah. county has really awesome yeah i really programs. i love the library system over there it's fantastic and i've been a member and of also the forever, melrose so center when can't. you go downtown you get so much access being an orange county yeah, member. i have to go and pay for it so uh, so the next question is, what kind of camera would you recommend getting? Um, so I would say it really depends on what it is that what are you, you are trying to do. Yeah. Um, if you are starting a photography business, I definitely recommend, um, at least as far as Canon goes. I yeah, I was going to say, you probably getting, have a Canon recommendation. I can give them a Nikon Yeah, like I would say, well, I have a lot of different recommendations, but I would, I, I feel like the... Mark II or the Mark III is a fantastic, it's just a workhorse. It's it's really fantastic. Um, and that's, I only recommend that though, if you're going into professional photography, like you're going to be a photographer full time. If you're not, and you're looking for um, something that is maybe gonna help with certain aspects of your business, working with clients and stuff like that, you're gonna be taking photos, but like you're not gonna be taking photos for, you know, eight hours at least once a week. Um, then I recommend looking at a 7D or anything in the Rebel series. It's fantastic. But I really want to point out that if you're like a creative and you're just like, let's say that you're like a maker of some sort or you're something that really doesn't have to do with photography, but you're like, I understand the benefit of needing good images for, you know, social media and that sort of thing. And I don't really want to buy all of them as stock images. I want to have some images of like my, you know, things that I'm creating or whatever. I honestly really recommend the iPhone 7 Plus. That thing is a beast. It's really fantastic. The portrait um, mode, the portrait on the mode iPhone is an is... absolute game changer. We started, John got like the demo for it um, when we were in Washington uh, in January. And so even the demo was like freaking fantastic. And I was just like playing around with it. And I'm like showing John how to use it. And I'm like, this is literally life changing. So I think that even just with that camera phone um that camera phone is on the level of what a a camera you know five to seven years ago would have been if you were buying like the most expensive um latest available camera so i think that if it's like a situation where you're just like i really want to improve my social media skills um i really want to just have you know images that are cleaner and look more beautiful i think that if you are you know in the market for a phone that is the one to get because that portrait mode is game changer now i do think that we'll probably see over the next six months other phones get that same um technology so i'm sure that it'll come you know i was gonna say i think if you're you're android then you just get the pixel it's 
basically. It doesn't have the portrait mode, but the camera is fantastic. It's fantastic. And it does, yeah, yeah, like it's, it's very because similar. Because I actually have yeah. a 7 because when I went to go change my phone, they did not have any 7 pluses in Orlando. And I needed to get a phone because mine was basically falling apart. It wouldn't charge. Like I had charged it too many times and my phone was like, I'm done. So I ended up having to get a 7, but John got a 7 plus. So now we just pretty much live life with me being like, hey, can I borrow your phone? Can I borrow your phone? Yeah. Can I borrow your phone? So, yeah. Um, for uh, just a quick Nikon um, recommendations, because we shoot Nikon. Um, if you are like super fancy and got money and you're ready to go, um, but it's like a mid-level camera, I would recommend the D750. Um, it's about a grand or so right now, which is actually really inexpensive <laughs> for a camera body. Um, and it, like in terms of cameras, and I think a lot of people don't, Think about this when they're going into DSLR. It's really a lot about the lenses. Like the body is yeah, important. It is. Your and glass is way more important exactly. than Exactly. And so I think um, just educating yourself a little bit on, you know, what, because again, lenses are kind of not interchangeable. And so understanding which, you know, if you want to be Canon, you need to stick to Canon. If you want to be Nikon, stick to Nikon or whatever the case may Sony be. Sony or whoever else. Yeah, exactly. Just know what you want to, I mean, these Sony people. And I, I do think that Canon yeah. and Nikon are pretty interchangeable. Like I wouldn't, like, you know, one model will come out and it'll be slightly better than right. the one before. Yeah. Um, the reason that I decided to go Canon was because one of the photographers that I knew locally here was Canon. She is still is Canon. And we switched gear. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's very easier. beneficial for right. us. And, like, we used to shoot weddings together often. So, you know, it's just very beneficial to say, okay, like, throw me over that lens and exactly. let me attach it on really yep. quick. And we, we could also sometimes, like, bring in less equipment because um, we were like you know carrying it in a shared sense so it's just it's a, it was a lot easier yeah. um, and there are you know a few things that I like a little bit more about Canon but again for the most part they're they're pretty interchangeable right. but lenses is really where the difference is made and honestly if you're just getting started I highly recommend renting lenses yeah um, because don't you're, go out and spend money on yeah you don't really you're know doing. what yeah, you're you don't going know what to you're need doing like day either, in day also. out yeah and even I mean you can rent camera bodies as well but it's like if you have like one body and you're like oh I think I want to try this lens or that lens you can rent them it's going to save you a or lot find of money. a friend that can help like let you borrow one like yeah. I, that's probably to me that would be the best choice find a friend that actually is you know gifting you and educating you on top like what yeah. kind of lenses to use because we do have friends that go out and buy really ridiculous but lenses. See, I, I, that depends on what you're doing. Because if right. you're like obviously going to go shoot a wedding or something, right. you then want you, a situation you to, where right. you have. Because if you rent insurance, yeah, I'll say if you rent lenses, like you have insurance, it's normally like fourteen dollars. Um, no matter how much the lens costs, so you can rent a lens that's two grand and you're going to have fourteen dollars insurance for it, which is great. And then you'll normally have that lens. Like you can rent it for a three day period, a seven day period, um, or longer if you want. I normally use LensPal. And the cool thing about LensPal is they're actually local to us here in Orlando. Right. They have an office in um, Winter Garden, which is a suburb of Orlando. However, they ship worldwide. So it just hap it, they're just one of those companies that happen to be located here, and there's, like, multiple others. But the thing I really like about them, because I've actually been there in person, is just their attention to detail. They're really, like, understanding about things. And, like, whether you're local or not, if you call them and you're like, hey, um, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, they will literally, like, school you on right. anything you want to be schooled on. Which so, is fantastic. Yeah, they're really really like helpful at teaching you what you need to know and they also clean up my camera for free sometimes so shout out to them for ding, that ding, ding. because I really appreciate that <laughs> awesome so next question is I want to get into website development ha, 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 ha. where do I start bless you you beautiful brave being you soul that I <laughs> believe in uh, website development is very technical and there are very different aspects there are different types of development for websites if you're going to be a front end which is generally like css html um sas if you're using sas uh, you know a lot of javascript 
that would be something that you, I mean, I, there's just so many, our backend is more server stuff and server have, so it really depends on what type of development you want to do, first of all, when it comes to websites. Second of all, it's uh, really understanding the basics. I really say like, you know, HTML5, CSS3 are your, your main languages that you need to know. And again, I will recommend getting JavaScript. I will say there is things like Treehouse, there's Code School, mm, there's Code yes. Academy. Those would be my top three recommendations. Some people like get really hype about lynda.com. I cannot recommend lynda.com for development just because I've never actually done it. In terms of designing, I actually would recommend lynda.com because it's been around a long time and the design courses are fantastic. I have friends who actually teach there, but I definitely would recommend a treehouse or a code school type of thing if you really want to get into website development. Also, because everybody develops really differently. Um, the standard, especially if you're going to go and get a job, is kind of like, uh, you know, local development and then deploying remotely. So you need to understand how things like Git work and understanding, you know, GitHub and how to pull repos and fork and all those words that mean things that I'm boring our audience off of now <laughs> who aren't interested. But yeah, I definitely recommend that you go and kind of try out one of those courses. Um, when I started web development, those things weren't real. Those things didn't exist. Know, um, and right? so, You're probably like, what the heck, man? <laughs> there's just so much, thing, so many things that make development so much easier. My friend, um, our friend Diane Kenny, who was on the podcast actually earlier this year, she tweeted out, um, development tools are so easy, but they make you so comp like frustrated because it's so complicated to set up. And it's like things like local, which is by Flywheel to help WordPress deployment, which is super awesome because it's so easy to use, but it's such a, PIDA when it doesn't work and you know it's just like those things that there are so many tools now that are coming out that make it easier uh that just are a little bit more complicated to set up on the front end I hate setting up a new local development on a new computer I just did that recently with a client that I was working in and it was just a pain because they had a brand new like iMac and like nothing that I use on my iMac worked for them and I had to figure it out and it was just there's so many different things, but I really, you know, you're going to have things that you need to figure out. Um, for code editors, I use Sublime. Some people use other things. I've used Sublime since it, I was on Windows, and it's really awesome, and I love it. Um, there is, what is it, Coda? I think that's something else that some people use, so you need to figure out what code editor that you really want to use. I think Notepad++ was one of the first ones that I used, and some people still use that. Um, we actually use Bitbucket instead of GitHub just because it is a little bit easier for our repos. So that's something that you might want to figure out. Um, there's just so many different things, you guys. There's so much yeah, stuff. Yeah, so John's <laughs> been using GitHub. So and I'll say, yeah. and like, he's, like, John is an amateur, and he uses Code School. He absolutely loves it. Um, so I like my advice would be like make sure that it's something that you love because I think that a lot of people are going into development now just because it's like it's that buzzword. it's easy it's like well, everyone yeah, thinks and it's also just gonna people, be like right. easy or whatever and it, like people like think like oh like if I go into development I'll make good money and yada yada I think that it should be something that you're passionate about because like I watch him do code school and I'm like I don't want to do these things <laughs> right like, no thank you but he's having an amazing time and. Honestly, like, it looks like he's mostly just playing video games, which I'm very glad that he's doing code school instead of playing video games. Like, he doesn't <laughs> play video games anymore, and so right. it's kind of, like, his version of getting to, like, play adult video games. So I think that, like, just making sure that you really like it, and um, also, like, people need to understand that, like, when it comes to coding, like, you can do a lot of different right. things, so... There's just so much, so many different languages. You yeah, know there's, I mean, a there's a lot a of bit different of, languages. Like, I know a little there's PHP. A lot going on. Uh, you know, we do some coffee script. Like, there's just so much different And then Gage is, like, yeah. Gage is going to school, like, for it. Like, not, like, code school, but, like, going to, like, 
yeah. university for it. And let me just tell you, some of his classes and some of the stuff he does, and there's been times where, like, he's asked a question to me to ask John. And then I asked John, and John's like, I don't know what that is. One time, there was a question. I can't remember what language it was, but I asked you when you were like, girl. That is crazy. Yeah. And if so it's I told so Gage, sharp, I'm not going to yeah, know anything about it. Yeah, I told Gage, I was like, like, listen, like, everyone I know who is, like, brilliant is saying that this is hard. So if you're having a hard time with this, like, at least know that, yeah, it is it is very challenging. Yeah. If it, so it's seriously. All codes are not, no, like, all, all coding languages are not languages created Languages are not the same. Um, I have friends who actually can write C sharp but could not tell you anything about jQuery. You know, there's just different types of development, like it's, I said. It's really like it's speaking very, languages. Yeah, it is different languages. In the sense that, like, you might be able to understand English and Spanish, yeah. but maybe you don't it's speak It's like French. I understand a little bit of Python, but I'm definitely not a Python developer. I have no interest in being a Python developer. It's too, like, it's too logical in a way for me. Um, So, yeah, there are things like that. And then also figuring out, like, if you want to, you know, how you want to develop them, we primarily use WordPress as a CMS because it's easier for us to work with, but we do not only use WordPress for CMS. We work with several different CMSs. Right now, I'm actually building my portfolio on Craft CMS, and I'm super excited about that because it's a little different. And I just mm-hmm. like looked up Sightleaf the other day because I saw that they are super cute. Yes, and they were looking right at now. it right now, and I wrote it's it down. Just super cute, like, yeah, and I'm so really cute. like, I want to have kind of like a project maybe that I develop on Sightleaf. Like, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, so don't think that you have to stick to one type of thing. There's a million. There's Go CMS. There's... Let me just tell you that this cute little raccoon <laughs> and this cute little. <laughs> It's on so cute. Leaf are I like. I got life so right excited now. for some craft CMS, and I'm like ready to go because if anybody, uh, I just want this to be like my new logo for like everything <laughs> I do on the internet right it's here. Like, He's just so adorable. It's super cute. So I'll put links to this stuff in the show notes and kind of like some development one-on-one type stuff. But again. You start out by you just know, doing ha- it. You guys should start like your own course for that. Sorry to put you on the spot, but I'm just saying. I just think. I mean, you're like a two-person team. I think you'd be great at teaching it. Oh man! So WordCamp, <laughs> so you're like WordCamp hey, Orlando not. is in October. We'll probably be there. WordCamp US is in December, and Nashville will be there. Come to those if you want to talk about WordPress development. I'm Otherwise. just saying, in the next five years, I would like to see you develop oh, man, a full I program like, for this. We Please, actually might do one for a school, but that's a different story. It's a different topic for and a different story for a different that, day. You can literally <laughs> just change it up a little bit, and then yeah. So, oh my goodness. All yeah. right. So, number five, what are your guilty pleasures? What are those words? I don't even know what I, I don't like, I don't feel guilty about anything I do. So, a guilty pleasure is such a weird word for me. I guess something that sh- I guess I should feel bad about is watching a crap ton of documentaries all no, the time. I, don't, I mean, but some people, I mean, like, I guess that would be the, the mo- thing that I waste the most time on in terms of, like, wasting time. I feel time. like they're educational. So they are educational, but it's, it's still wasting time. Like, it's not okay, work. Okay, you're so. a robot. So, anyways, <laughs> my guilty pleasure is because watching documentaries, that's not a guilty pleasure. That's, like, is, you some of them yourself. are garbage. Like, some of them are about, like, like no. right now I'm watching The Keepers, and it's about murder. It's not, like, teaching me anything. It's I mean, about murder and Catholic, you're still learning. Catholic priest rape. <laughs> like, oh, that's what it's well, about. I mean, but you're still, like, you're being educated on the world and, and that's sort of thing. So I feel like it's not, you know, it's not guilty. Like, regular Netflix use, like what I do, when I binge watch, you know... Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, well, right now we're really into the British Bake Off. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't feel guilty about watching House of Cards, but watching the British Bake Off, I'm like, yeah, I'm wasting, like, I'm spending a lot of my time That was David's jam. Yeah. Um, Because Mary Cherry is a godsend. Yeah. And she's a national treasure for all nations, I think. And Paul Hollywood is hilarious and kind of mean. I mean, he's right, though. He is. He's never wrong. But it's still just like, (laughs) 
Well, and he'll be like, look, your cake is The crusty. way that he just looks at people. Yeah, oh my like, gosh, it's not so even funny. the things he says. It's just the way that he looks. Like, he'll look at their food and then look at them and then look back at their food but and look you, back at them. Did you, you just, did like, you try, girl? Man. Like, what did you do? This but I would say that, like, idea. my guilty pleasures besides, like, just eating chocolate when I don't need to um, would be, like, the shows that I watch that just are made for, like, middle school and high school girls, like, Pretty Little Liars. It's like, why am I watching this? Yeah, I can't do that. But they're just (laughs) so addicting to me. And, like... Especially that show in particular, it's just like it's just gone. Everyone so I know far that watches Pretty Little end. Liars is over thirty, though. True yeah, story. True like, story. I don't think any well, children watch it. I think everybody yeah. I know is like so an like, adult. So like I, I love child. shows like that. Um, I mean, I like that's the thing is like I'll find a show and then it's very hard for me to quit it. So like I watched Gossip Girl and now I'm watching Pretty Little Liars. I like I try not to start them. Like I won't like people are like watch Riverdale and I'm like nope because I'm not trying to get like stuck right. into another show. But yeah, I guess Pretty Little Liars would be my we started Riverdale and I can't get into it. And I say that as someone that it was a hardcore Archie, Archie comic. I was same, hardcore. Same. So for me, I can't do it. I love Cole or Dylan Sprouse, whichever one of them is on that show. Like, he is fantastic. Uh, whichever twin, you're the same person. Yeah. Um, he is fantastic as Jughead and probably because he has the most acting experience. It's one of those things where you have somebody that's kind of a veteran actor yeah. compared with other people. people who... It's just not, the cast isn't, it's just he blows everyone else out of the yeah. water and it's really hard to watch that show. It is really difficult. I couldn't, I, I couldn't also, do it. I should feel guilty about watching a lot of the same Disney movies over and over again, but I, I don't. Guess. I guess. I don't. I guess. So, John and I have watched Moana like 8,000 times. I was going to say, I have don't a have child. Chi- we don't have children. So, um, but we and- still... Like, John will come home and, like, you know, like, we'll, like, be settled in front of the TV and he'll be like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, I don't know, what do you want to watch? And he's like, Moana. And I'm like, okay, sure. why not? Sing it. Bel- you know? Belt it out. Make it a sing along. Yeah. So how do you find people to collaborate with? And what is your, what is your method for secretly finding? Do you put a bat signal in the... I feel like for me, a lot of it comes organically. And I feel like I know people, like, I've always been able to read people very well. So, and it's funny, like, even every time that I've gone against that instinct, it's like come to bite me um, later on. But I normally know if I like someone or <laughs> I don't. you said that on, I, knew, well, I knew some people you were talking what's about. What's funny is like, yeah, I had a friend, I had a friend that I didn't like. Uh, initially when I met her like I, like she wasn't a friend we were co-workers I did not like her I thought she was not a nice person she was very unkind whatever and then she did like one nice thing and I was like maybe I'm being you know in the wrong here I need to like you know just not take people from my first instinct whatever so we became friends we were friends for 10 years and she was a trash person during the whole time we probably shouldn't have been Could friends told you so I, I really you. try to like take my gut instinct on things. So a lot of times when I meet people, we just kind of um, there's a connection mesh really well from the beginning, and I kind of know early on. Honestly, what happens for me a lot of times is I know I want to collaborate with them, but I'll kind of like wait after we hang out a little bit because I'm like, oh man, like I already know I want to work with them, and it's like been two days, and like I'll we're say, you it's, wait it's like, <laughs> like it's different if you're like reaching out to collaborate, but right. like these will be people that it's like, hey, like you live in my area or whatever, let's go grab coffee, or hey, I'm gonna be like in New York and you live there like let's grab coffee you're not like meeting up to collaborate and then like you realize like halfway through the meeting you're like we are going to do a huge project together but you don't want to scare them off so you kind of wait a little while you, um, you wait in the water that's your like approach is that yeah. you keep 
following up you guys chat so you figure it out i literally have someone right now who i really want to work with on a large project that i would like to launch by the end of this year um and i have you know been instagram friends i guess you could say with her for like a long time but now we've hung out like three times in person and had coffee and our coffee dates our first one was like five hours and then the i don't know if like you've three. ever met anybody for coffee for the first time where it wasn't five yeah hours. and so it's like <laughs> i love her and she's fantastic but i also don't want to like i'm not even gonna say her name because watch if she listens to this and she's gonna be like christmas insane so I'm like just waiting it out until the right time where I can be like, so I have this idea that Who I just knew? got right now. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Um, for me, I feel like it's a little, it's similar, but um, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm really like, yo, this is cool. Let's do this thing. Or I, I know people for a while. Like, and again, I guess it's the same. Like I've known people for a lot of time, but now we're doing a lot of traveling. And so it's kind of like. When we're in a place where other people are that we know, we're kind of like, let's meet up, let's chat, and then let's mm-hmm. talk about collaborating. Um, it, it's really just fine. Like we said, listen to your gut because that's probably right nine times out of ten. I haven't really had a collaboration where I felt like, oh, this person's really shady, mainly because I'm really thorough and type of like kind of checking if people are kind of follow- like if somebody has a lot of projects but they never follow through on things that's kind of a red flag for me so I really don't want to pursue doing things with people I kind of want to do things with people who are really genuine about like I'm getting stuff done because that's mm-hmm. the person I am um yeah I feel like just from real life going outside yes. <laughs> I know people hate to hear that but I'm telling you you find the best connections with people if you go outdoors and I, I i believe in it i believe in going outside like i'm sorry I, i'm an introvert i totally am but i have found amazing people by not just being online i could not be an online person where i do info i couldn't be an infopreneur i couldn't do it because i just don't get to visually or be around and feel someone's like aura i feel like i guess it's such a yogi thing about me like i need to be around someone to physically feel it is, the type yeah. of person they like, are to feel like i have that connection me in person like i mean for me like for some like sometimes it's like i feel like i already know the person but it like, right it's validates yeah like, yeah exactly like, now i know that everything i felt is definitely true now that i've actually met you in person like right. the first meeting i feel like i like, asked like, okay, uh yeah. sarah of exo sarah um when i was in person because she does that a lot she does a lot of like info like type of things with people other people that she solely knows online I'm like how do you do that because for me that would be that's where I can't do it like I just can't know someone online and be like okay I'm never I never have intention to meet you in real life unless it's something where we're like internet like that kind of thing I get it but she like can meet somebody that's like two states over and they do a whole project and she's like it's really trial and error and I'm like you're fantastic because I can't do that I can't be like oh I've put all my faith in you and then you flake out and I would flip out and I would just be a, a not, not, not nice person so um for me I just like to go outside <laughs> I like to meet people I like to talk to them I like to sit down have conversations and then we kind of see where our values align our goals align and we kind of you know collaborate from there you do realize that your catchphrase is go outside. Go outside. It is. It is. <laughs> I will tattoo it on my body. I'm going to go outside. Because go people outside. have so many questions sometimes, especially on Facebook groups. And you're like, I don't know. It's like, go outside. Girl, go outside. It's not going to, it's not going to bite you. I promise. There might be mosquitoes. Amazing. Go in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question is, what is on your entrepreneur bucket list for this year? This year right now. That's a good in one. In the year of our Lord, 2017. Yes, 2017. Um, I feel like uh, I'm doing bucket list things because I was like, I gotta go back to New York. I said that last year and we're doing that. So that's super exciting. And we're doing a workshop, which is a big deal um, with some peeps that we know. So that's kind of been like a bucket list thing. It's to facilitate an actual workshop just 
for us and that's that's a big deal um i am doing like the same like i don't feel like i have specific bucket list goals that like that are i don't know like i i kind of feel like i wrote some things down but i've kind of am doing them all or have done them all so i don't i need to i guess it's six months i need to come up with some harder things yeah yeah i need to go back and revisit and challenge myself to do better things i guess um one of the things that i really need to do and you know i have a paper shop it exists (laughs) i gotta go in there and and do stuff with it i have ideas and stuff that i already have plans for that's completely a little bit different because i I love your paper shop it's just having the time which we don't have right now we have a lot of clients so um i think that's a i guess but my number one bucket list is get my personal portfolio up and ready it's scheduled for october i have it i'm starting it like i talked about earlier i'm going to be building on craft cms so it's a challenge um just to get that there because i'm i'm probably moving my blog there so that's Mm. a whole that's a lot so that's my like it's not even really like i feel like it's not entrepreneurial it's kind of like personal because well, I don't, I don't overlap any money. Maybe somebody may pay. Yeah, me. but it's still. I think it's still a part of your entrepreneur. Maybe somebody will pay yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like mine right now. Uh, I just have opened up the tiny tea shop, so that was a really big one for this year. Uh, I have two other shops that I want to open up by the end of this year. So one of them is the Equal and Forever shop, which is an extension um, of that brand that already exists, which is an LGBT uh, lifestyle blog. So I've wanted to do a shop for it for a long time. And it's Pride Month. It's so. funny that I <laughs> It's good that you're up, putting that out there. Well, it's funny it's that I opened future. up like the tiny tea shop before I opened up this shop especially because i've had designs and like it's been it's been in the works for a much longer time however i think that it's going to be uh you know something that has more um what's what i'm looking for it's just gonna have like a lot more stuff in it yeah um so yeah so i'd like to get that done by the end of this year and then i have another shop that i'm collaborating with a person on so uh that will probably be later on in the year and then narsha and i have a project that we've been working on that just yeah, it's, just, it's a lot of like front end gathering, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, but we we're finally in that stage where we have what we need, and we're now actually building the site and writing the copy and all that. I need to actually write copy for that today. So um, that is one of the things. And then also, I really have been wanting to do like a workshop for a while. So we're finally getting the pieces together to do one of those here um, coming up in the fall. We do not have a set date yet, but I do believe it's going to be in September. Um, and I'm collaborating with people uh, who are Central Florida local and some from Miami to come in from that. And some of the people, uh, quite a few of the people that are going to be involved are actually clients of mine. So that's going to be really fun to be able to work with people that I've done branding and social media for. So it should be fun. So I, I just feel like it's one of those things like, I'm trying to get through goals faster and just come up with new ones. Like, yeah, you know, I think it's what it is. It's like I, I wrote all this stuff down at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's I'm like, like, beginning, oh, like my beginning I've of the year stuff, stuff is already different yeah. than what I'm doing now, which is good. Like I'm trying to like this year, I've been really focusing on like failing forward and, you know, just doing just doing it, like just getting it done, doing the work um and just it, do stuff to see how it goes, basically. Um, just do the best. it. Awesome. <laughs> so, Ari, I hope that you enjoyed your yeah. episode. If you have questions, email us at yes, hello at heartandhustlepodcast.com. Maybe we can do personal. a Q&A episode, maybe, again, in yes. the future. And so, yeah, let us know what you think. If you have people that you want us to interview, let us let know that, know. too. Let us know um, what you want us to ask them. We'll exactly. even take requests exactly. on that. So. so, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.